How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Locked on Bucks, Episode 2, presented by Brewhoop. I am Frank Madden. I'm joined once again by Eric Name and... Recording a couple episodes. It's Wednesday night, just having finished the Mavericks Bucks Vegas Summer League thriller. Uh, we <laughs> not only survived it, we uh, we didn't fall asleep either. Uh, Eric, how, how are you doing? Are you awake? Uh, are you surviving? Yes, I'm surviving. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure how, but I am surviving. <laughs> so, uh, in the last episode, we talked about Thon Maker. Uh, what Thon Maker? Was this week what he might become uh, in the long term future? What he might be for the Bucks uh, in the near term? Um, I think that certainly will be one of the most uh, interesting storylines to follow this coming year. But another interesting storyline is uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Another interesting storyline is Rashad Vaughn and how he bounces back from. Let's be honest. One of the worst rookie seasons in NBA history, uh, and I, I I don't enjoy bringing that up, Eric. Uh, it doesn't. I don't. <laughs> it, it's not fun for me. Um, but uh, Rashad Vaughn has a ways to go, and we saw both of them obviously uh, in Vegas as well this week. And um, you know, obviously not as high profile as Thon Maker. Um, it seems like the the, the Bucks Nation mindset uh, on Rashad Vaughn. Is, is not in a great place right now. Uh, Burn him. It's, it seems like the uh, attitude towards Malcolm Brogdon is much better, I guess. Start right? him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll let you kick it off. Let's start with Brogdon. Um, let's start with the positive. I mean, you know, I, I didn't watch much of it. I saw maybe a couple UVA games last year. I honestly didn't think of Brogdon as an NBA player really before that. Um, he never kind of jumped out at me as a you know potential future buck. Um, but what did you kind of see this week that, that maybe you liked and maybe it's things that you expected to like or maybe it's kind of new stuff that, that he did? I would say I thought his playmaking was a little bit better than I thought it would be. Um, I thought he did a nice job uh, on some pick and rolls, kind of getting to the lane and – making some nice passes and making the right reads. Uh, that was a little bit unexpected for me, but at the same time, I'm, I'm watching Summer League basketball, and I don't know how many blow-bys you see. You, it, like, again, I understand that there's some guys that could be rotation guys in the, in the league, and I do understand that most of the times it's top assistant coaches coaching and trying to put together defensive game plans and probably doing a great job. Like there, There's no doubt in my mind. There's some really smart guys there, but it's not actual NBA defense. These aren't actual NBA defenders. These are whatever you want to call summer league basketball players. So I, I was surprised by it, but at the same time... Yeah, it's whatever. It, the, I guess the thing that I always struggle with with Summer League is that there's only certain types of players there. And I guess if you're 
if you were a rookie point guard last year and you get you have it all figured out and you know exactly what you're doing, you're not coming back for a second year. And I, I guess generally, if you're a playmaker of any sort, you're probably not coming. Like Devin Booker being there this year, surprising to me. Like he was he was good as a rookie. Like there wasn't much reason for him to be in summer league at all. There there was nothing left to prove there. So I think a it lot felt of, like a victory lap is what it felt like for for guys uh, like yes, a hundred percent agree. Like it it just didn't seem to make sense to me that he was there. So I, I guess what ends up happening is guys that are almost never going to be asked to be primary playmakers in an NBA offense are asked to be primary playmakers in an NBA summer league offense. So when you have those guys doing those things, there's going to be times where they look good. And then there's also going to be times where they look bad. It's cool that Brogdon rarely turned it over, but at the same time, I don't know if he really went outside of his comfort zone all that much. Um, pretty much did what he's always kind of been able to do and at the same time he's 23 years old so i would hope at this point he's figured out how to maneuver around a pick and roll he's been doing it for four years as one of the guys at west or at virginia so again it's fine it's great i don't know if i'm impressed at all I, i don't see anything there that makes me think you know what this guy should be the buck starting point guard on opening night no, I I don't see that. It, well, but that's that's not the bar though either, right? No, I mean, it's granted, not. It's not. Granted, the Bucks being the Bucks, uh, you know, the the bar for for starting at quote unquote point guard next to Giannis is obviously much lower uh, than it might be for for a normal team. Fine, um, let me let me change it to this. I don't know if that guy should be getting minutes over Delvadova and MCW. I don't see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think the so let me start with the so I asked you for a positive, Eric, and you just gave me like a little positive <laughs> whole bunch of You don't naked. say. You don't say I did that. Um, but it was kind of funny before we did the we we did this podcast, we were kind of, you know, talking about what our our fiery takes were going to be and I kind of let off by saying, I think I'm like a Brogdon contrarian, like I don't think I'm actually that that impressed by him whereas i don't know my twitter timeline seems to like really want to love malcolm brogdon and then and then eric you said like that you were oh no you were that guy that that didn't like malcolm brogdon so i unfortunately i was hoping we would have like a nice little you know back and forth of one of us defending malcolm brogdon to the death and and the other trying to tear him down but i guess we're both kind of like eh. um but let me start with a positive i mean i think he threw four games 17 assists and two turnovers oh, that's um that's awesome that's pretty damn impressive and you know for a guy that that wasn't expected to be you know or, or hasn't been a certainly ever a full-time point guard uh I, I like the fact that they they came into this and played him at the point and and tried to see what he could do there and you know didn't just sort of throw out another um point guard on the floor and then have you know kind of brogdon and vaughn play the two and three spots because lord knows then you'd have you know some other random dude trying to <laughs> trying to get up shots or you know not pass to the guys you actually care about um so i mean that bit was very interesting and uh, certainly as sort of a caretaker um off-ball point guard i think he he showed that that you know well i mean you can potentially do that and minimize mistakes that's good um you know defensively he's obviously solid uh his background as as a defender is is obviously quite impressive um but yeah uh let's let's look at the shooting so he came in tonight shooting 49 percent from the field two for nine i believe on threes 
Uh, and then in this game against the Mavericks, 2 of 15 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. And, you know, again, can't worry about Summer League too much. But, uh, again, I mean, if Malcolm Brown doesn't shoot threes with any or, or jump shots with any type of um, consistency, that's a problem. You know, that, that that's something that that's half of the job description basically for a Bucks sort of nominal point guard defender guy. And I don't know. I mean, he was, he's been kind of just way short and short arming stuff all week. Um, he's been airballing jump shots. Uh, he, you know, I knew he had sort of a, a reputation as having kind of a flat shot, but shot 39% from three at Virginia shot 90% from the free throw line, which is phenomenal. Uh, and usually a good indicator of, of, you know, shooting in the NBA. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it might be just the fact that he, has had to create more shots off the dribble than maybe he would want to. And he was a great catch and shoot guy in college playing more off ball. So, uh, you know, hopefully if you put him next to Giannis Adetokounmpo, those, those numbers would, would get better. But, um, but I think that's a big question mark for him, right? I think he can defend. I think he can, um, be that sort of secondary ball handler when needed, uh, bring the ball up the court. Um, but, uh, you know, if, uh, if that shooting is, is not something he can do, then, uh, then I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his his long term kind of value is or what kind of role um, you know he has. All right, especially with a guy like Matthew Delvadova around, who in theory does very similar things actually. So I think it's actually going to be really interesting watching Brogdon and Delvadova this year um, because. I mean, not to say that Matthew Delvadova has a huge margin of error uh, and is some huge talent because I mean. I think in raw talent terms, Brockton might be as yeah. you know, as talented as Matthew Delvadova, but uh, I think it'll be an interesting to see them kind of duke it out, especially given that at least for now, you know, Michael Carter Williams, sort of the anti-Brogdon, is uh, is also obviously in that mix at at point guard. Um, but so I, I guess what I'm you know to kind of put a bow on on Brogdon. So uh, you are not expecting Malcolm Brogdon to be a regular rotation guy, or what do you think? I mean, obviously the Bucks aren't particularly deep right now in the backcourt so it seems almost like he's going to have every chance to play and obviously it depends a little bit on Rashad Vaughn who we'll get to in a minute but what are your kind of feelings on Malcolm Brogdon and his role with the Bucks this year big question mark or do you think uh, he's he's actually going to be a guy that plays I think as I've sat here and had a little time to reflect on my fiery hot takes um <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to give him more credit for that like 17 and 2 uh assist to turnover margin because obviously it's impressive he's done a nice job taking care of the ball and those are things that you would think would get you on the floor that if you're not actively hurting the team that can get you rotation minutes that's just kind of that's just kind of how it goes in the nba if you're the i don't even know what that would be the ninth or tenth guy that that can help you play your way into rotation minutes um i i just think it's difficult for me to think of him as a rotation guy just because uh, point Giannis just kind of throws everything out of whack for me because you're accounting for him in those minutes, but then also in four minutes. And I I think it's hard for me to kind of figure out how many minutes they're going to try to go with, with Delhi, with MCW, um, and then having Rashad there as well. Um, I, I would assume kind of a, 
Kidd is a guy that likes to give people chances. And I think for a while, or since he's been in Milwaukee and even in uh, even in Brooklyn, I think you saw a guy that was willing to give guys chances and go 10 or 11 deep. So I think Brogdon will have some chances, and I think there's going to be times this year where he does well with those chances and becomes a rotation player for a week two weeks and then I think there'll be other times kind of what happened with Vaughn last year where again he was terrible throughout um but there was a couple stretches where Vaughn actually did hit some threes and uh, again I can't imagine Brogdon's shooting will be as spotty as Vaughn's was last year but I do think there's a chance where he plays himself into the rotation and then plays himself out and then plays himself in and plays himself out so it's just a matter of Brogdon actually taking advantage of those opportunities and keeping himself on the floor. So is he a rotation guy? Mm. Is he in the running to be a rotation guy? Certainly. So it's just tough. It's tough to figure out kind of how those minutes will get sorted out. Yeah, I think the the operative thing at this point is that if you are under contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, and okay, technically Malcolm Brogdon hasn't signed a contract yet, but let's include him in that. If you are under contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, you are absolutely in contention for yep. uh, playing time. Because really, I mean, to me, when I look at this roster, I see basically some you know pretty interesting options as starters, with the exception of point guard, where I think you've got kind of like two backup-ish guys um, in Delavadova and, and MCW. Uh, and then you've kind of got, you know, like at the two through four spots, you've got like a bunch of third stringers kind of or slash unproven guys kind of yeah. duking it out to try to to get backup minutes. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I should give Toledovich credit. He's, he's I think, you know, certainly will, more than qualified to be a backup. Um, but I think especially on that those wing spots, um, there's a lot to be to be won and lost there and let's talk a little bit about Rashad Vaughn I mean Rashad Vaughn a guy that you know again had just miserable numbers last year Um, you know I think he did show better defensive potential than than I probably thought coming into the year Um, but just struggled really to to shoot the ball inside the arc outside the arc Um, and obviously he's not a you know a playmaker he's not a guy that that is going to make a lot of difference if he's not scoring and shooting well uh impressions of Rashad Vaughn in Vegas he, he obviously had a, a a very bad first game he's uh, you know has been is dealing with a uh, a finger injury had stitches on his finger um but came back had a very good second game and has kind of just been I don't know overall I mean his numbers are very meh um I, I haven't checked him against last year when he averaged around 17 a game but I don't think he's really shown let's say any dramatic improvement versus last year. Um, uh, so I don't know. I mean, it, what's your take on Rashad Vaughn? Have you seen anything positive to take away from, from summer league this time around? At some point, Rashad Vaughn has to hit open threes. That I mean, that's just as simple as, as things can be, because I think I, I obviously I am a, I'm a Vaughn defender and I've been a guy that thinks he can kind of shape out a role and when in summer league he chucks up a bunch of shots has a bunch of turnovers that's that's not great it looks bad especially for a second year guy that's taking his second trip in summer league uh but at the same time as is the same way i talk about brogdon that's not gonna be his role he's not gonna be a primary playmaker he's 
he's not going to be a guy that's supposed to create. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to sit on the sidelines and shoot threes. So at some point he has to do that. He has to hit threes. And until he does that, he's not going to be an NBA player. But like you said, he's he's been good defensively. Honestly, surprising that uh, I'll, I think that game where Maker had, like I think, like three of his dunks came off of Rashad Vaughn assists. He did just seem to have a little bit of chemistry with Maker there. Um, made a couple nice plays where he actually got into the lane and put in a shot, which is something he's struggled with. And there's been times where he's gotten in the lane and made the right pass. So there's stuff there. But, again, like if Rashad Vaughn is going to be a bad three-point shooter, he's not going to play. It's just as simple as that. Um, so until that happens, and, again, I wouldn't necessarily say Summer League is the best situation and try to do those things but there's been times where he's had open threes and he's missed them so he's got to hit open threes at some point yeah i'm i you know i I honestly was normally i get really excited about everybody who's under contract playing in in summer league and i'm really intent on watching them and vaughn just kind of i don't know he was okay at times as you said at times showed a little bit more maybe playmaking uh bent than than he did a year ago which which is a positive um but as you said if he's not shooting threes uh consistently then you know what what's the point um and i think it'll be interesting to see i mean you know we we just talked about malcolm brogdon i mean between those two guys i mean do what would you guess do you think malcolm brogdon beats out rashad vaughn like at, at the end of this season let's assume they're both healthy which one of those two guys do you think ends up playing more? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, because I'm going to assume Rashad isn't going to start making open threes, I'll go with – but then again, Brogdon isn't doing that either. Um, I think that's one thing that we've kind of overlooked in this conversation is that as much as we want Malcolm Brogdon to be a 3 and D guy, he's not hitting threes. So – uh, I guess since Vaughn has that first round kind of sticker on him and it's a guy that they believe in, I think he's probably going to continue to get more chances than Brogdon as the season goes on. I don't necessarily know if he'll deserve to have more chances, but I think he'll get those those extra chances. So I will reluctantly say Vaughn will get m- – by the end of the season, Vaughn will be the one getting more opportunities. And again, I don't feel confident that it's because of his play. <laughs> Fair enough. I will. Uh, I'll take the opposite end of that. I will guess that Malcolm Brogdon ends up playing more. And I think a big argument in in Brogdon's favor. I think they're they're kind of two obvious ones. I, I am not, you know, betting on Malcolm Brogdon being a a plus three point shooter this year. Uh, but I do think that. You know, again, the fact that you can trust him with the ball, uh, he's obviously a, a better ball handler and has at least some playmaking ability that, that Vaughn doesn't. And I think he's a better defender. I mean, I think Vaughn showed, you know, good feet, good potential to be a defender last year. I don't think he's, you know, though at the point of actually helping you on defense. I think Brogdon could be that kind of guy this year. Interesting. You know, and again, I don't want to jump the dun and just say, oh, Malcolm Brogdon, he's old and has a master's degree and, you know, <laughs> was a great defensive player in college. So therefore, he's going to be this great defensive player in the pros. Um, you, you know, it's funny. I cannot shake the comparison of Charlie Bell to Malcolm Brogdon. Ooh, um, that's pretty good. And, you know, Charlie Bell, another guy who had kind of like a 
weird-ish perimeter jumper. Um, there were some times when it was good, and there was uh, a final year when it was very, very bad. Um, and, you know, again, he was another guy that, like, I mean, there was, I don't know if you remember this, Eric. I mean, there was time there were debates about whether Charlie Bell should be the Bucks point guard. Yeah. Right? Yeah, During the sort of was. peak of the Mo Williams cynicism. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Bell could do that. And I, and I think they're similar sizes, you know, both kind of known as, like, versatile defenders, um, kind of a lot of it pivots on whether or not they're making jump shots. And so I, I think that will be interesting to watch. Obviously, Charlie Bell eventually kind of went down the, the drain for reasons that were not necessarily, uh, you know, basketball related. And, you know, he had the contract dispute and came in out of shape after that in 2007 and, um, you know, had, had off-court issues as well that kind of, I think, derailed things for him. I don't worry about those things with Malcolm Brogdon. He seems like kind of one of the safest personalities that you could find. So, um, so yeah, I, I think I think Brogdon will probably play more than Vaughn, uh, and I think a lot of that's a sort of a lack of Vaughn optimism um, and a view that maybe Brogdon just has like kind of a higher floor uh, because of again the ball handling and, and defense. But it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think uh, it was interesting to see them both on the court together and. Uh, you know, again, with the Bucks' lack of kind of a ton of depth in the backcourt, um, I'm sure both those guys are going to get their chances. Um, anything else on either of those guys that kind of kind of jumped out at you? Are are you just kind of sick of talking and looking and thinking about Malcolm Brogdon and Rashad Vaughn for a while? Or? <laughs> um, I mean, I would just kind of end with kind of the same way I started. I don't really love judging guards who aren't playmakers and their playmakers selves in summer league. Uh, it, it's just tough for me to, to get a great read or much more insight into either of their roles when they're doing things that I just don't really see them doing a lot of. And, and again, I know at times it can be, can be helpful to see that, okay, these guys have more skills than we thought, or they have less skills than we thought. And that role really is perfect for them. And I think there can be times where, you figure those things out and get to see those things and it kind of clears your view of them. Um, and you can kind of see those things, but it's just tough for me in the strange world that is summer league basketball to really get much better idea of, of what either of those two could contribute to next season's bucks team. Yeah. I think it's always good to take it for what it is, uh, which is, a weird, weird place. It's it's fitting that it's in Las Vegas, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it, just, it really is. And, and I guess sense. in the same facet, I think with, I don't think I necessarily have the same problems or as many problems with bigs because I, I think bigs kind of do what bigs do whether or not they're in Las Vegas or not. Obviously, it's not going to be the same competition, not the same strength, not the same length, et cetera, et cetera. But their responsibilities are going to remain kind of the same. But for guards, it's just a strange, strange place. And yes, like you said, it is very, very fitting that it's in Las Vegas. Yeah. So it's it, it, it may be a bit of a funhouse mirror as far as actually being able to judge these guys and what to expect come uh, come regular season. But uh, it's in some cases, especially Thon Makers, the, the the best we have to go on. It's all we got, man. We, we got to go with it. I'm feeding for some ball. I need this. It's it's all we got. Um, Malcolm Brogdon sort of the anti-thon maker in, in that sense, a guy we've seen <laughs> for years and years and years. Um, but again, asked to do maybe some different things. And uh, the bar is obviously different, even in Vegas compared to 
compared to high-level college ball. So I think it's been interesting to see them. And uh, yeah, uh, let, let's see what happens. I'm I'm just curious to see what hap- uh, what kind of shakes out in in camp. I think um, you know it's always important to point out that that playing time and starting jobs and rotation spots are are by no means uh, won in Las Vegas. I think uh, not much is uh, is won in Las Vegas, uh, both you know in the casinos as well as on the court. And uh, the big thing will be come October, you know, training camp. How do these guys look? And, you know, this is obviously a, a starting point for them to begin their NBA journeys for the rookies and, and hopefully get on to track in a better way for, for a guy like Rashad Vaughn. But um, unfortunately now, unfortunately now, as much as we complain about it, Eric, unfortunately now we must wait for basketball, which, oh. um, you know, we do have one more game, which I'll be at uh, on Friday. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, I kind of wish, kind of wish we we get a little bit more basketball. So what sooner. does that mean? What two thousand words on Friday night? I should two thousand words. Yeah, two thousand words on Friday night. Um, I'll be doing a uh, uh, a daily blog on Giannis and Thanasis at Adekumbo's military training and how that's going, uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully then we'll have a way to kill time in uh, in the months of <laughs> August and September as as we wait uh, perpetually for a Greg Monroe trade famous last words and that'll probably happen in the next day but uh, anyway should be should be an anxious couple couple months as we wait for things but uh, uh, as of now we still have one more one more game to go and uh, I, I will suffer through it in person and I, I cannot wait for that <laughs> 